Welcome to the Irish Life Podcast. Today, Kate Connor chats to Martin Duffy and Michael Shelley about applications for cover, underwriting and claims during the COVID-19 pandemic. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Irish Life Podcast. My name is Kate Connor, and I'm here to talk to Martin Duffy, our Head of Underwriting and Protection Claims, and Michael Shelley, our Chief Underwriter. And we're going to be discussing claims, protection and underwriting in the context of the COVID-19 era. What impact is the pandemic having on underwriting and applications for cover? And what can you expect in terms of changes we've made as a result? Those changes include the general changes to how we do business with you and how we accept documentation from you. And in addition, Michael will be covering how COVID-19 impacts our underwriting process. Martin will deliver a claims update and answer the questions we've been getting from advisors during this time. We'll also go through a couple of case studies to give you an insight into some real-life situations and how, in the end, it really is business as usual. We've had some recent developments with Medmark, which we'll also cover off, and we want to let you know that the resources that we have in Brokerage and Irish Life are here to support you in making any changes necessary to continue to build your business. So in that context, I'm going to ask you the first question. Martin, hello. Are we still open for business, Martin? We are absolutely open for business, including protection business. So 99% of all of our customer service staff, 400 people odd, are all working from home successfully. 1% are actually in the office, uh, which is our print post filing area, opening post and distributing it around our workflow systems. So we're all working from home successfully, and that includes the underwriting team, the protection claims team, and new business teams, all operating to our normal SLAs. Uh, and the best way to contact the teams is via email. That's really great to hear, Martin. I'm sure it's very reassuring for people to, to know that, uh, as usual, we still are as contactable. And if you guys check on beeline.ie or ask your account manager, you'll get any of the email addresses or phone numbers that you need uh, for your particular query. Uh, I'm going to turn to you now, Michael. How are you? Could I ask you, um, Michael, in general, um, covering first, I suppose, applications and what people can expect in terms of changes, uh, what impact is this uh, COVID-19 pandemic having on the application process and what can people expect there? Okay. Well, to start with, I suppose we made a couple of changes a few weeks ago to our application forms. So advisors will now see uh, two questions where COVID-19 is specifically asked in terms of someone having had symptoms um, or having had tested positive or waiting, uh, awaiting a test or awaiting a test result. So that'd be the first thing people will see. Um, but I mean, again, I think it's important to reiterate COVID-19, having had symptoms for it or even had been tested positive in the past, does not automatically preclude you from cover. So don't be put off by the fact that we now have two COVID-19 questions in place. I think it's just a good, good sense to have those questions there. And our plan will be in the coming weeks to uh, develop that further with uh, further specific questions uh, on the application form uh, and having rules behind them so that we can accept risks at point of sale. So at the moment, those cases will get referred into our underwriting team, who, as Martin said, are working normally from home uh, around the country. And uh, we are in a position to able to accept COVID-19 disclosure at standard rates in many circumstances. The next, I suppose the other area where we've seen an impact would be, as people be, understand, is in relation to, is I suppose underwriting medical risks and access to medical evidence. So through the combination of both the travel restrictions in place, 
and the lack of face-to-face -face meetings, access to medical, medical tests like nurse screens or medical exams have been curtailed. So that has in, in, impinged on our ability to underwrite some cases. Uh, and we've tried to substitute that uh, with a lot of using customer information more frequently and also using uh, GP information. And thankfully, that's one line of evidence that's really held up is our GPs and access to, to them for GP reports has been very strong over the last couple of weeks. And what percentage of cases up until this point um, has been, have been affected by that impact on, you know, medical exams specifically, um, you know, the inability to physically go and see a doctor in the previous few weeks? What kind of approximately do you so know what give percentage some context of in terms of some context in terms of like, you know, what levels of cover. So if you're up to age 40, you know, we are able to underwrite cases based on customer or GP information up to about uh, 750,000. Um, and up to age 50, up to about half a million. And on a sliding scale thereafter. So the vast majority of cases that we see fall well within those limits. So the vast majority of cases, we have access to the necessary evidence to, to um, underwrite those cases. However, there are some where medical exams are needed. And up until now, what we've been doing is looking at alternatives, as in could we use some other form of evidence, maybe customer information, maybe could we look at a GP report, or would a reduced level of cover be a possibility in order to get that case underwritten? So the underwriting team in Irish Life have been very proactive in looking at solutions to cases rather than just saying we can't underwrite it at this time. I also got some good news to report, and I suppose a sign that things are moving in the right direction. We are now, um, just, just, apologies, just heard uh, last week that Medmark, as many brokers will know, who run a, a, a number of medical centers around the country, are reopening this week for medical examinations with obvious certain restrictions in place, uh, with physical distancing and obviously the five kilometer travel, travel limit. But it's a sign that we will be able to start reorganizing some medicals for some of our customers over the coming weeks. And I think that's a really positive step. And over the coming two to three weeks, hopefully as we move to easing of wider restrictions, we'll be able to broaden that out to more and more customers and also look at our own MediCenter in Irish Life in Abbey Street and looking at the possibility of reopening that again to facilitate more customers getting their protection cases over the line. Yes, and it's such a great advantage to have our own medical centre there in head office. Uh, and I know an awful lot of brokers who would send their clients there. Can I ask you actually, speaking of certain clients, you know those clients who maybe are older or who have health issues? I know I've been asked by a number of advisors sort of what the impact on applications from uh, clients in that category would be. Could you give an outline of that, please, Michael? Yes, a good question. Because obviously COVID-19, you know, is something that we're all exposed to. We all have equal risk of developing COVID-19. But there are certain risk groups, as we've heard on through the media and te television, that are more at risk with COVID-19. And unfortunately, as a result, certain groups, have there's limitations in what cover we can offer at this time. So within RH Life, we've had many discussions with our reinsurers to ensure we have a agreed set of guidelines that we're working to across all our book of protection business. So the restrictions that we would have in place that would affect a small percentage of our customers would be that we can provide life cover in most cases for lives, you know, of their 50s, 60s, and 70s. And it would only be over age 80, where at this moment in time, we're not in a position to offer terms. However, those lives aged um, 60 plus who have underlying medical conditions, be it respiratory conditions, uh, 
cardiovascular conditions, diabetes, or history of stroke or heart attack may find it difficult at this time to get terms. On lives of day 60, uh, we would be in a position to underwrite the majority of, of rated risks. However, there would be a portion of lives, you know, again, it would be in the moderate severe category, those who have significant cardiovascular disease, those who have diabetes with complications, those who have significant respiratory conditions, and, and people who have, on, who have re recent onset of cancer that may not be able to get terms at this time. But I would stress that this is very much an evolving picture as we learn more and more about the risks associated with COVID-19. And we're very fortunate in Irish Life to have a really strong team of chief medical officers who we've been utilizing extensively over the past number of weeks, again, to help us refine further what are the, the at-risk groups and not just have a generalized broad approach. So as we learn more, we will hopefully be able to open up underwriting and protection business to more and more customers as, as, as time goes on. And that's something I think is a, is a real positive in terms of the access to, to expertise that we have. Yeah, and 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 we are utilizing that utilizing that at the moment, really, aren't we? There is a huge advantage of having our our CMOs, our chief medical officers, uh, for for that, for for helping to to uh, work with them at the moment in in defining who we can give cover to, isn't it? I think yeah. The two examples to give you there, one would be one of our chief medical officers is a consultant respiratory physician working in the Matter Hospital, so he's got direct first-hand knowledge of COVID nineteen and the impact that's had. So having insight, with insight from him into the ongoing development of the condition and disease is really, really important. And mm. Dr. Blake, another one of our chief medical officers, she's done a lot of work for us in recent, recent times in, you know, in investigating the impact of customers being on immunosuppressant treatments and developing our position in relation to being able to offer cover to more and more customers who may be on immunosuppressant treatments, but are otherwise stable well-managed with no other uh, comorbidities. So again, it's just utilizing that kind of expertise to advance our position and have really good discussions with reinsurers to try and get support for quoting for more customers. Yeah, that's really, it's a really great advantage actually for, for us to have. Um, and uh, I know that, the, that you guys have been working with them um, an awful lot. Martin, if I can come back to you can I ask you about claims, please? Because I, I am getting a lot of questions. First of all, are we currently paying claims? Uh, we, we certainly are, Kate. Uh, I mean, as most people know, in 2019, we paid over 300 million claims across Irish life. Um, and I just looked actually yesterday um, in relation to, to debt and sick claims that we've paid since the 1st of April, essentially since COVID lockdown started. So we've paid 160 debt claims and 88 sick claims since the 1st of April. So we continue to pay claims as normal. Um, we've seen five COVID debt claims so far. Uh, and we, we haven't seen any sick claims or IP claims as of yet. Um, so that does answer kind of my next question. My follow-up there was, um, you know, is COVID-19, it's, it's something that's coming up quite a lot, is it an illness that is covered by, uh, by ours or, or by standard specified illness cover contracts? Okay, good question, Kate. Let's just start with debt claims, first of all. So we don't have any exclusions around COVID or pandemic across any of our uh, debt specified illness cover or IP plans. That's the first thing to note. Contrary to what's there, maybe on general insurance or business insurance, there's no exclusions. So if an, if an existing customer dies from COVID or complications of COVID, they're fully covered under the plan's normal terms and conditions. And bear in mind that we already pay 99% of our debt claims in relation to specified illness cover. So as, as everyone knows, COVID-19 is not a specified illness, in inverted commas. 
within the list of covered conditions for, for any sick products in Ireland or Europe that I'm aware of. So having said that, some conditions within the standard sick package that's available now may result uh, as a result of maybe a severe uh, COVID uh, infection. So somebody could have had a coma or perhaps be, have prolonged stay in intensive care or maybe organ failure. And some of those benefits are actually covered under plans in Ireland uh, with Irish Life. Um, having said that, there's typical things like um, survival periods. So most people so far with COVID have tended to either survive, which is a vast majority of people, uh, or unfortunately died, which tends to be older people with pre-existing conditions. So we would expect the vast majority of people will survive COVID without any complications, and therefore there won't be any need to claim under specified illness cover plan. Um, but I suppose there will be some uh, situations where that might be needed. In, in relation then to income protection, again, we have lots of queries uh, on that over the last uh, couple of weeks, uh, and we do plan on issuing a sort of a guidance uh, flyer over the next couple of days, specifically in relation to income protection for brokers. So let me just cover it. Um, if somebody is, is personally medically unable to work as a result of COVID and not being able to physically do their job and meets the definition of disability for longer than the deferred period, then clearly they can submit a claim. But the reality is the minimum deferred period we have is 13 weeks. So that's unlikely to be too many people who will fall into that category. We've got asked about things like being in self-isolation and clearly that's not sufficient to trigger an income protection claim because you uh, feel that you should self-isolate doesn't mean you're not physically able to do your normal job. Yeah. And then clearly unemployment or redundancy, they're not covered under income protection either. I would add that we have been getting queries about people who are maybe uh, unemployed or who are maybe getting their government wage subsidy from their employer. And each case should be treated on its merits with regard to maintaining cover or not. If the person is confident they're going to be back to work, well, they shouldn't do anything around their income protection. Uh, if they become unemployed, clearly they should notify us uh, and stop that benefit because they will not be able to claim. And for most income protection contracts, there's an option to get back on cover within three months without underwriting. But each broker should look at the individual T's and T's for their customers. And it will depend on, on, on certainly whether or not they're going to be going back to work at some stage. Um, finally, I know we have produced a lot of material on our claims data from 2019, which I was going through, and there was some very interesting stuff on your slides uh, that I saw. Um, and those uh, that claims data is available on beeline.ie. How much did we pay, if we could just give an overall uh, look at it, in claims uh, last year? And um, a, a bit of a breakdown, please, Martin. I think uh, really we paid more than uh, the year before, yet again. Yeah, absolutely we did. So we paid 316 million across our Life corporate and retail last year. So that's over 6 million a week. Uh, to roughly 7,900 uh, families living in Ireland. Uh, in terms of the retail, then we paid 2002, 2002 I beg your pardon, uh, debt claims for almost 150 million, and we paid 919 uh, specified illness cover claims for 57 million. Again, with queries around any of these benefits, particularly at this time, the protection claims team is still open for business and they're, they're paying claims if normal. Yeah, uh, Michael, could I ask you, I know that you have some examples, I suppose it would be useful for people to hear, how is business going, you know, how is it being underwritten and what sort of issues are we able to resolve at application stage? I think it would be useful for people who maybe are afraid of diving in with a particular type of client maybe at this time. 
Have you got a couple of, I know you have a couple of examples of, of real life I situations. Do. I mean, it's no harm just kind of reiterating some of the, the cases that discussed during the webinar. So just two similar examples to start with, just to highlight that, you know, just because someone has had exposure to COVID-19 doesn't rule them out. So I know two cases on two young females in their late 20s, early 30s, who applied for mortgage cover in early April. Um, sorry, the only, sorry, they applied for cover in early May, but the disclosure was that in both cases, they both had contact, contracted COVID-19 in early April. They both were, worked in the healthcare sector and were s separately just applying for mortgage, mortgage protection cover. And they were able to give us information on their application form, answering the, the new questions and saying, yes, I was tested positive. Uh, I had symptoms for a short number of days, um, was off work for a short period of time, I've now fully recovered, no symptoms. And I suppose it gives you, uh, it helps put some context and how long you have to wait before you can offer terms. And I would say in the best case scenario, which these two actually were, in that there was very clear start point for the diagnosis and the symptoms seemed to be only last a relatively short period of time, that we were able to offer cover within a period of, you know, roughly about a month. Uh, so both cases, for mortgage protection were accepted at standard rates. I think as a guide, that would be those examples would be cases that are at the stepping the milder end, and they should be the majority of cases. There will be some cases where someone has contracted COVID-19 and maybe developed more severe symptoms. And their postponed period onto which time we can offer life cover may extend to two or perhaps three months in some more severe cases. But in a majority of cases, I would see uh, cases being able to be accepted for risk for life and serious illness cover within a period of uh, after a period of one month, subject to getting you know really good disclosure from the customer. At another level, just give you some sense of you know what kind of risk we can take on um, on the more rated cases and ones that unfortunately fall outside that. Well, an, an example of one where at this moment we weren't able to offer cover was a male life in, in his 40s who applied for for life cover and was a type one diabetic with some complications and acceptance terms for life cover were probably available pre-COVID in the region of plus 300% of a loading and that would have meant an increased premium of about four times the normal rate for his cover. Unfortunately at this time that's just a level of additional risk and given the type of medical condition that he has uh, that we're just not in a position to offer while there's a risk of COVID-19. So in that situation cover was postponed until such time as the risk associated with COVID-19 has diminished and we could hopefully come back to that application. So that'd be an example of the very much the upper end where we just are not in a position to offer cover at the moment. There's been some uh, other good examples of applications. I had a, an application from a, a lady again in the health, health professional um, she's working as a doctor. She was 77 years of age looking for term assurance and she had some mild respiratory issues but we were able to get cover in place with a rating of plus 50% on the same terms as if COVID wasn't there. So that was a really reassuring and positive message to be giving out for someone in that occupation and given her age. So it's supposed to give some, some indication of the, 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 the range of, of terms that are, that are available. But I would, as Martin said about contacting protection claims, I would say in relation to underwriting, the best advice I could give will be talk to your underwriter. You're going going to be coming across more and more patients or more and more customers, <laughs> hopefully not patients, more and more <laughs> customers um, who have had exposure to COVID-19 or may think they've had, you know, they might have had some kind of symptoms but mightn't have actually had a diagnosis. So talk to us and, and, and 
you know, able to provide us with the information, and we'll be able to give you an update on what the likely decision is going to be. But I would encourage you that the outcome in the majority of cases is going to be a positive one, um, as I've outlined with some of those examples. That's a really positive message, Michael, which I think is great at the moment to be getting some positive information out to people that really, you know, to have a chat to you and, and don't uh, write off uh, a case simply because somebody has had uh, uh, maybe a COVID issue or a separate issue. Certainly very good advice always to, to speak to the Irish Life underwriting team. I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, and I'd like to thank you both for uh, recording this today. And I would finish by saying if you check um, www.beeline.ie today, you'll see all of our resources have been working hard to create material for you to help you to drive your business. All of the uh, topics that we've covered today are there in the resource centers that you'll see from the homepage. Lots and lots of information and supports for you to help you to drive your business at this time. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Information correct at the 21st of May 2020. Irish Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.